This is Alt Haven's exclusive live stream of Predation. If you're eager to witness the live action firsthand, join us on Twitch every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST on twitch.tv slash Althaven. If you're savoring what you hear and want more captivating content, explore Althaven's other remarkable podcasts, like $2 Creature Feature and Pest Control. Our extensive backlog spans from the mystical realms of ghosts, werewolves, and vampires to the cosmic adventures of Star Trek and the heroic tales of superheroes. Your support is invaluable to Alt Haven, and we appreciate every moment you spend with us. Thank you for being part of our Haven. Only killed them once, Sam. Okay? Not with that attitude. Only Come on. Once. My God. You're not trying hard enough. Bloodlust <laughs> is just outrageous. We're all like hope punk, and then the cameras go off, and Sam is like, I want to drink gore. And I'm like, what? Murder punk. Well, I'm not going to get through all the seven deadly sins bloodlust, blood sloth. Blood pride. I have work to do, Eric. Oh, look, we're hi, everybody. Uh, we're live. <laughs> oh, we're uh, live. Welcome back uh, to uh, Legacy of Silver Creek. It's good to see everyone this fine Wednesday. Uh, no, sorry, <clears throat> that's Wednesday, uh, Monday evening. Um, we are going to be jumping back into our chapter tonight. But before we do, we're going to get to some of the announcements. Um, right off the bat, the first announcement that I have to make tonight is that Cherry Tree. The PC building company that created my incredible gaming PC that is literally a warp core in a housed unit with Star Trek paraphernalia all over it. It is the coolest freaking thing. Um, you can check out the video up on my YouTube channel. They are extending the discount code that they had for me with, uh, with their discount for Cyber Monday. So if you use 16-bit Eric 8, you will get 8% off of everything on the store, which when you're buying a hefty gaming PC, that is amounts to quite a, by Grabthar's hammer, what a savings. So definitely check that out. Um, that's going to be my big announcement for tonight. Um, also, I want to give a quick shout out real quick before we move on. As a, just a big thank you to uh, Pretty Witchery and Rogan27 for all the amazing work that they're doing on the League of Whimsy Discord. They, uh, Pretty Witchery in particular has been setting up a huge infrastructure for um, Captain's Log Star Trek uh, Adventure solo play over on that Discord right now, which is pretty incredible. And um, I'm learning a lot and it's I'm hoping to uh, be able to expand that into my own repertoire of knowledge of how to set up Discord. So thank you so much. I just want to give a big shout out to those, those two. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, let's see. I think that was my only other announcement that I had. Did anybody else have any announcements for this evening? Um, go. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes someone else might have to jump in. Um, my, the podcast that I produce and edit, Thin Places Radio, 10 minutes or less, a tiny cast, tiny little spooky radio show. Um, we had a new episode go up on Friday. Our next episode will go up in two weeks. We're bi-weekly episodes right now. But the announcement is that I didn't say here last time because I forgot about it. Um, we have merch right now. Um, we have a couple of pretty cool shirts that I designed. Um, if you've seen the uh, flyers that we made when we first went up as our like promotional thing, I turned that into a, a shirt. Um, so it looks like you've got a flyer on your back. And I think it's pretty fun. Even the Zoomers don't like art on the back of their shirts. <laughs> I hope you'll check it out anyways. Um, but it's on Bonfire. So the uh, they, they will continue to be available. But the first batch uh wraps up tonight actually uh i think it's at midnight eastern you'll have to check it out it, they will still be available but uh they won't get sent out for another like two or three weeks or something so if you are interested in that kind of a thing and you want to get it before the winter holidays check it out tonight um thin places radio on bonfire or you can just go to um our uh, any of our social medias and there'll be a link there you can check it out 
sweet. All right. Thanks, Caitlin. Anybody else have anything they'd like to announce? Yeah, but yes, Aliza. Um, it's the end of the month, so I have to submit my story loom chapters. Like I can't procrastinate anymore, <laughs> which means you're gonna get three chapters this week on Anaya the Hunter. Um, and they should be up by the end of the week because that's the end of the month. I literally cannot wait any longer. <laughs> I'm the worst, but also like I love I love who I am. It's fun. What a coincidence. It's we also love who you are. It's Thank true. You. Thanks. Sometimes you just have to embrace the like incredible level of procrastination that you have and just be like, you know what? It got me this far in life. Like, why fight it? What I have learned, yes, I, I completely agree. I've uh, I had my mentor once said, What if you stop to consider that that's your process? I mean, <laughs> why, why, why not? Why does it have to be bad? Why does procrastination might just be part of your process? And I was like, oh my God. It's certainly part of something. It's something. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, keep an eye out for uh, go to Storyloom. You can get a, if you haven't already, uh, you can sign up, get a free uh, login with your Google address and read all of my stories. I'm Apisa Lisa. That's how you can find my stories. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Anybody else have anything they, they would like to? Yes, Noir. I, this, this might be a little long. I apologize. First off, thanks to everybody that leaves uh, YouTube comments. Our uh, our Nolan Griffin Des Sarcasm six 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 nine, and of course Sir Shane Larry, who who uh, who's always been a real one. Uh, thank uh, thank you for just the comments you left on YouTube and hunting me down after morning ritual to see if I come through with my penance today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, we have our monthly. Uh, we have our monthly game tomorrow, uh, and it is the return. I'm just glad I get to say it. It's the return, uh, and we're getting close to the finale of our Star Trek story. If you, it's been a while, so I completely understand if you uh, have forgotten where we are. But we are a story that takes place in the Kelvin universe that has now hopped into the prime timeline as shenanigans ensue. Our count, our BBEG is a narcissist and we're watching our counselor go toe to toe with this <laughs> incel <laughs> narcissist man baby who's taking over the ship. Right. We'll see. This explains <laughs> our conversation at <laughs> I want a violence so bad. Oh my gosh, I want this a violence. This explains so bad. our conversation at the top of the stream. <laughs> yeah, you, you figure if you if you have a pilot and a counselor, you gotta shape the BBEG uh to something that uh fits fits what they can do. So uh that's of course for all the uh all the coffee supporters. So thank you, thank you so much for supporting Street Punks. Uh I, I still don't know how I get to be here, so thank you all for helping, uh, helping, helping convince them to let me stick around. <laughs> yeah, every day we're like, are we still doing this in the large? I know, it's just like, oh, God, again? <laughs> I don't even like that we're pretending about this. I love you, Noir, so much. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm in all of their walls. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in yours. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. <laughs> All right, but th those are my. Oh, and also, no morning ritual this week. Uh, well, my baby celebrating her birthday. Woo -hoo. All right, okay. happy birthday, Anita! Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to Anita! Yay! <laughs> um. All right. Well, thank you, Noir. Um. Does anybody else have any freaking ding dang announcements? 
for this gosh dang evening. Anybody have any heckin' announcements? Oh, sorry. Ding dong dang gosh. In the first eight minutes of the YouTube, we will be demonetized. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jake and I are doing a new video series and episode two just dropped onto Alt Haven's YouTube. Uh, We are talking about first impressions for Bloodlines 2. and it's it takes a real fun time. He does so much for us here on Legacy of Silver Creek, but is also a fantastic co-host in front of camera. So please check it out. All Taven's YouTube live right now. And hey, hey, while you're on YouTube, hey, how you doing? You might want to check out some science. I mean, after all, you're here. You might be a sci-fi enjoyer. So try some sci. Get pure from the source mm. on Jane Science on uh, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash delevely, D-E-L-E-V-E-L-Y. The latest episode is on room temperature superconductors, but is also on like one of the bigger scientific dramas I've had the privilege of covering. In the first two minutes of delivering this story live, we had someone in our chat being just like, this effing guy. Find out why they said that in my chat live on YouTube now. But I'm hoping we have a healthy dosing of this effing guy Brought to us by our NPC antagonists. We're going to go find out. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and jump into this chapter of Legacy of Silver Creek. I mean, but if you drink that much blood, Sam, I'm just saying you're going to eventually, eventually. Look, there are some conditions where it's in fact required and also conversely where it has to be trained. So really vampires should target people with hemochromatosis. It's true, I suppose. Some oh. do. Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's game session, shall we? Um, Where we last left off, you guys had traveled back to Gravac. You've returned home to your uh, prehistoric home front. Not exactly where you meant to end up, but here we are. You have managed, however, to end up close enough to the old homestead that you were able to find Joe's old place of residence. And y'all held held up there for the night with the intention of heading out in the morning, jumping into the next reality. The plan, if I remember correctly, and do correct me, players, if I'm wrong, but as I understand it as the GM here, the plan is to leap into another recursion, another reality. So this reality specifically being apparently the point of origin for Theta, this incredibly advanced AI that, that seems to be working for the planetivores or the giant world eaters to break down the walls of this, your world so that it can enter and destroy everything. You guys uh, specifically Ozzy got the idea to jump into the recursion that Theta originated from so that you can perhaps use to your advantage, the technologies of Theta's world and look for something of a kryptonite, something that will essentially break Theta, that can break any stalemate. Right now, all you're aware of is that she has a tremendous amount of advantage on you, both in knowledge and power. 
to try to close that gap. The objective here is to find a way to bring something back with you, some piece of tech, so that you guys will have an advantage against Theta. In order to do that jump, though, to translate into the next recursion, y'all needed to rest your bodies. And that made a lot of sense to each of you because leaping back into even your home recursion was jarring, to say the least. Your bodies in the previous recursion that you were in, well, I shouldn't call it a recursion, it was Earth. You were literally in the shoals of Earth. When you were in, when you were at Earth, pulling yourselves from that reality back into your reality literally felt like your body being just disintegrated slowly. It wasn't painful. It was just that slow rip away from that reality and being thrust into this one, loading up what you have had to wrap your head around is that the body, the clothes, everything that has translated back over into this as it exists now is technically new. As it has been reconstructed and reformed by your consciousness in this reality. Now you're talking about doing it again. So you've had to rest for the night before you can do it again. Um, and that's what we did. We took a break at Joe's residence here uh, just a few kilometers north of Kaleno City. Of course, you had an encounter with the Silverbacks. Thankfully, that actually ended in a very positive way, due largely to the efforts of Ozzy jumping in there and socialing that into a state of alliance. Where we are picking up today is sunrise. The sun is creeping up over the horizon here in Gravac. It is, of course, a morning that is filled with all of the familiar sounds of the sun rising over, um, over the over the landscapes. So you can hear all the animals waking up. Um, and you can hear the sounds of the, yes, that is a very good point to point out. Dahlia did quite the amount of work herself. That is very, very true. And, uh, and, and, and may have made special friends with one of the silverbacks um, and earned all kinds of loyalty in that regard. Um, this morning, the silverbacks are still lingering about. They are still in the area, but they're not congregated around the house as they were before. They don't hide themselves. You do see them. And Dolly, I would say you being one of the, probably one of the first people to wake up would see like off in the distance near the tree lines, a few of them stalking. Um, what they're doing out there isn't particularly clear to you until you see emerging from the tree line is both Ozzy and Zach returning early, early in the morning from what looks like some kind of hunt or a scouting trip. I'll let you guys decide if you've brought home a kill or if you have anything with you, but you see your two friends stalking out of the mists headed back towards the homestead. Now, just yeah. to paint the picture for you again, there is just a thick cloud of mist that has settled over this grassy landscape. And if you can imagine the sounds of the entire world waking up in the Cretaceous period, from animals in the distance to, to insects, to everything. It is that vibrant moment in the morning where it feels like the world is waking up and you can see these two people silently stalking across the plains. Um, what would you like to do? I'm going out to the door and I'm going to wait for them to show up. Okay. Uh, I'd like to imagine that we, we caught, uh, quite a bit of food, uh, okay. not just for, oh, oh, how, how would rations translate 
on the moon. They might turn into dino nuggies. Not important. We got we, we went hunting and we got uh dinosaur meat uh to make breakfast and rations for later. Uh I I think that uh Zach is completely cooked, just like out of it. The combination of going out there not really wanting to hunt. <laughs> But then mm. kind of pivoting what somebody came to actually do it. I don't think he was in top form at all. I imagine it must have been a little different for you, actually, because this may have been one of the very first times in a long time that Zach has had to hunt without Kimmy, who is kind of your who is kind of your extension. Like the two of you move as one during a hunt. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, I, it took so much longer to actually find the prey because Kimmy's usually the one that spots it for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was definitely because we didn't have Kimmy and not because <laughs> Ozzy is a disaster. With, with the frightening speaking level for hunting, we can say. <laughs> Look, well, sometimes words are important and they had to be communicated and, and they had to it, be communicated before our brain reminded us about Tholium. And there goes our target again. But hey, <laughs> we were successful. Yes. We have we dino just, food. Yes. We, we, uh. so, much, so much meat. <laughs> and some roots. I helped. You can see the very familiar form of Dahlia leaning in the doorway, her arms folded as she's just watching the two of you come back. <clears throat> oh. Morning, Dahlia. Hi. Good morning. Where have you two been? Hunting. Hunting. All night. Was, would there be something else I'd be up to? I don't know. You tell me. What were you up to when we left? Oh, it was very evident what I was up to. I told I, you that was what it was. I not not right now, not right here. Um, <clears throat> well, I hope you had fun. Uh, I'm oh. going to start working on the meat for everyone. So if you're hungry, which I'd imagine you may have worked yourself up an appetite, uh, I will go ahead and what start. What kind of meat did you get? Dinosaur. That's a valid question. What kind of meat did you get? Found... And Ozzy helped you. Yes, Ozzy. Uh, we, we were able to track down. Uh, we were able to track down some raptors. So I was helping. I am truly impressed, Ozzy. So, I'm well, going to... I guess this is an awkward situation now, so... Oh, I, I, I don't feel awkward, awkward at all, Dahlia. Not in the slightest. I'm just going to go dry this meat unless there's... Unless anyone has further need for me. Enjoy tenderizing it. Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Eric Campbell. What you just watched was called Innuendo. If you or a loved one have had to suffer under Innuendo, please reach out. Wait, were they not really talking about breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> like it sucks because Noir is a sassy bitch, but but no, but, but Zach is not. No, what I what I love about it is that the entire scene just now between these characters was watching the calculations gif play over poor Ozzy's face as they're trying to understand. Wait, what? I don't wait. What breakfast? I don't get. Like, <laughs> what, what am I missing? Direct. <laughs> um. Yeah, when you guys enter the building, you can see everyone is stirring and kind of getting up. Um, despite the fact that this place was not really well furnished, despite the fact that it was just a roof over the head and a protection from the elements, the truth of the matter is, is that all of you, this is home turf for you. You are used to surviving and sleeping out under the stars if you have to. The people who grew up here as a second generation of Gravac, by and large, have to get used to sometimes needing to rough it, with the exception of our friends from Kaleno City, who grew up in the comforts of the wall and who are once again trying to adapt to the concept of roughing it. Now, to be fair, I just want to point out and give some credit because Ozzy and Joe both went through a lot traveling through the Red Jaw Wilds, almost dying had you not had a fateful encounter with the former butterfly. If Clover hadn't spotted y'all and y'all hadn't spotted Clover, 50-50 chance says, you're probably not going to make it to Silver Creek. But this kind of feels familiar to y'all. But for the rest of you, it just feels nice to be back in the air that you know, in the sounds that you know, and the smells and the feelings and the moisture that is building up in the mornings of the rolling mists. All of this feels like home turf it's kind of causing a spike of anxiety just throughout the entire group to think that in just a few hours y'all are going to be leaving this place for something completely beyond anything you've experienced before that being said walking through here and whistling as though there was nothing unusual about today orega has made his way into the living room and is um, carrying what looks like a small uh, container filled with somewhat cloudy looking water. And he sets it down and splashes some on his face and goes, from the river, if anyone wants to get a drink. You're gonna wanna boil that. I'm not drinking it. I'm just splashing it on my face. Wait. We should boil it anyway. Even I know that. Uh, he sets it aside. Says, All right, I'm gonna go dry off. He gets up, moves out of the room. He's really Zach not kiss. from around here. Yeah, I wonder. Does he usually just go to recursions where the water's just fine? You don't have to boil it. I guess. He was in the butterflies for ages, though. How did I he was not die? Was he just barfing the whole time? I bet he got sick a lot. Yeah, hey, I if I recall correctly, it is just slamming into the meat. 
translated it into a world that was just a ocean and he was a fish right maybe he never forgot how to differentiate the water i don't know that's true he did say that yeah so am i have any supplies that's useful this morning probably not it's daytime i don't need my lantern uh clover looks over at zach uh i think it's i think it's good you sure i, I, I think you got it you got it oh okay just want to make sure it's nice and tender for everybody Body. It, I, 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 it probably, it's probably already dead. It definitely is already dead. You it's don't have dead. to, you don't have to keep killing it. Okay. Zach, stop hitting the meat and just cook it already. How, we're only 30 minutes into the game. This is already one of the most quotable sessions we've ever had. <laughs> what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm sorry, dolls. You told me to tenderize the meat. It's, I will start to cook it. It's dead, yeah. It's yeah. pretty evident you already tenderize it, Zach. Then why did you ask me to tenderize it again, Dahlia? And at that moment, stepping back into the room and looking around, Orega goes, are we having a fight? Is everything all right in here? It's fine. We're good. Okay, I'm going to go keep checking my eyes for brain-eating amoebas. I'll be back. And steps out of the room once again. Parasites from the river don't go in your face holes. He did wash his face with the water that he brought in. So it's, you know, feasibly could have entered through. The... No, I think he's thinking no of the ones from the lakes. Mm. All right. I'm gonna make a fire outside. Oh, oh, there's a. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Pl please bring some of the herbs and roots that you were able to procure. Th thank you for that again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely happy to help. Actually, Ozzy, if you don't mind, I'm I'm gonna help Zach with the fire. Oh, I mean, I can. Are you? I can you do that. I learned. I learned to make fires. Joe, tell her I can make good fires. You you are very adept at setting things on fire. Are you sure you don't want to hang with the silverbacks a little bit longer, Dahlia? It's fine. I've already hung out with them enough. Very. Uh, Come on, uh, let's go make a fire. Fine, let's go make a fire. They walk outside, and Joe's like, "There is a stove in here." We <laughs> I got stuff working last. Okay, all right. Maybe it was just a fuel thing. Maybe. I mean, like we could still use, like, set a fire in the, like, there is it. It let them have it. It's okay. Are they? Have they left the, the building yet? Okay. Yeah, they storm out. <laughs> okay, as soon as they leave. Clover turns to Ozzy and Joe and says, yeah, they um, they definitely, like, love each other or something. So it's just, like, they need a moment. Oh, oh, did you not realize that? Yeah, they're totally in love. Then why were they talking about meat? 
well. <laughs> and then Clover flashes back to what she heard last night and saw yep. briefly out the window. Um, um, I'm not sure. Smash go to whatever they're doing outside, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling more, maybe. I just I haven't seen that kind of synchronicity since Gina and Xander faced each other with the goatees. Just watching <laughs> watching Noir and Cynthia both just fall off screen. Um, um it's pretty it's pretty pretty good. <laughs> um <laughs> The morning, unless unless y'all have anything else y'all want to do, uh, the only thing else that's happening right now is that Orega is starting to set up and get in the zone to initiate the recursion. He's having to sort of try to drink lots of fluids, get ready for, you know, like rest the body, that kind of thing. He's pacing back and forth and taking deep breaths and just kind of rolling his shoulders. Unless anybody has anything that they want to do before the translation begins. Uh, Joe is just kind of, you said the silverbacks are still here, so she's mostly just like trying, she's been given lectures on personal space in the past, mm -hmm. um, and she doesn't know these people, and so she's not going to be rude, and they clearly don't want to talk to her, she's already tried that, but she is just fascinated by their tech. Um, yeah. So like out yeah. the window while she's like putting stuff together or like trying to i don't know her like kind of pitiful attempt at like making the space not quite so destroyed in here um just kind of like watching out the window and just like seeing like whatever she can observe from them because she thinks it's very roll, cool she's never seen this before yeah i would say roll me an intellect check because you guys have probably a, a lot of a lot of what you thought you knew about silverbacks has been dispelled mm -hmm. in just the past 24 hours so roll, I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of do, this isn't typical for Cypher system, but I'm just going to ask you to roll and I'm going to, based on, I'll set, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set a standard difficulty here of six. Okay. So you need it. So difficulty two and the higher you roll, the more information I'll get you. Okay. Um, then do any of my skills come into play? Uh, scientific and. I have scientific investigation, which comes from my empir I think either tech or empirical. That, um, that definitely feels is, like it would, yeah. Yeah, all think... actions involved with conducting experiments, tests to discover proof, things to discern the truth, or glean information. Glean then... information. That's where that clicks. Also, if you so... have anything that would help you sort of observe socially um, what's going on. But no, uh, <laughs> no. So I've got yeah, scientific investigation, which was that description. Biorobotics and cybernetics, and then computer systems are the only things that are. I'm 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 specialized in biorobotics, cybernetics, and then trained in scientific investigation. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and make those rolls. I will. Okay. I would say you definitely get an application for that. Okay. Fifteen. Okay. Fifteen. Um. All right. So here is what you've sort of been able to discern mm -hmm. just from observing silverbacks. What you're starting to learn about them is these, this is not a clan of, of, this is not like a tribal community that is you, you get the impression that they are not people who are trying to convince themselves they are raptors. 
you what you get mm -hmm. is that it is a community of people who have taken the incredible technologies that they have that they're that they have developed and used them to bring themselves closer to understanding the way predators live and experience the purity of that balance between predator and prey out away from society away from the the structures of society and it has decided instead to live in a way that no other human has had the uh, opportunity to exist as as existing alongside raptors you have witnessed them in their movements in the way they socialize with raptors you've seen how raptors interact with zach mm -hmm. zach is able to engage dinosaurs in a way that is incredibly intuitive and brilliant and the dinosaurs respond but it's a completely different exchange watching the silverbacks and raptors they react towards each other and behave towards each other like they're raptors it doesn't give you the vibe of caretaker and uh creature instead you get pack mates moving about the only time you see anything kind of close to that is the way that zach interacts with Kimmy, or the way you see Clover interacting with sweets, that's very familiar. In this, though, the silverbacks are 100% packmates for the raptors mm -hmm. and behave, uh, show affection, threaten each other. All of the social dynamics, it's extraordinary. You can only imagine what it's kind of exciting to behold, really, here, Joe, is that. Whatever the outside world may think of them, these are people who have unlocked the secrets of the thinking mind of these incredible creatures, these incredibly intelligent predatorial creatures that lurked here in the Cretaceous period. They have the language, they have the body movements, they have everything. And they are using technology to live in, in, in a way that most humans can't even comprehend you see precisely how humanity and its small-mindedness would completely misunderstand them and assume just by default that they were these outlandish outsiders that were doing heinous things or behaving in such ways and blah, blah, blah. What you see is a fascinating amalgam of technology and the animalistic natures observed and, and absorbed. It's a dance. Mm-hmm. And you are starting to see the steps as you watch them interact. It's something to behold. Their technology, the cybernetics that they're using, you can get a sense of the, the advancement of the technology. It looks like some of them have had full-on limb replacements. But what you've observed, too, is it looks like some of them may have been missing limbs to begin with and have used them um, to their advantages. So what you, what you are observing essentially is technology that is very much on par with what Atticus has to replace Atticus's foot. It's just gone a little bit different. What you think you understand now by the end of this role is the, the, the leading piece of tech that really fascinates you was the incorporation of the tailspine. Yeah. Because it's giving them the ability to balance and move in ways that humans could never do. Even with the articulated leg segments that they have on their feet, it doesn't allow them to run or... To, to run at the speeds that they're running at, they would need that tail mm -hmm. from just eating dirt every single time they got past 15 <laughs> kph. So 
you were getting to the idea of that, like that tail, which seems to respond to their thought. It is connected to the spinal cord all the way down the length of their body and stretches out. It's quite impressive. You th and the tech feels like it's in like it's in good condition. Like it's like this is high tech. Like this is it's to incorporate this in the human body is yeah like it, wild levels of of like it is a it is the telltale sign that most people wouldn't look for. The tech looks like it's well kept. Yeah, it looks well worn. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's been used again and again. It shows all the telltale signs of wear and tear. But there's no way tech like that could operate the way it does at the level it does for as long as it does as well as it does, mm -hmm. unless it is well kept. And if you didn't know any better, you would think that on occasion you would see one of the silverbacks engaging in what you've seen some raptors do, which is sort of like a pruning or grooming behavior. And it almost seems to you like they have incorporated that behavior into checking each other's tech. So since this is this is Atticus's how this is where Atticus had to live because he couldn't live in the triangle um mm. with Joe uh there Joe has maintenance tools here and if like she'll go into a chest and see if there's anything left from like if people would have gone for like her parts of her toolkit like just like an old toolkit um would any of it still be here just like Atticus's maintenance Tools. Um, that's a story point spend. If you want to, if you want to make that true, you can be like, I had a secret alcove. Can I spend a story point? And I've got my, all my old cybernetic tech that I had for, because to me, that's something, if you knew you were about to leave on a long journey with Atticus, you would have taken with you. Mm -hmm. but if you want to spend a point of, if you want to spend a story point, you can be like, it's a good thing I had more than one set. Hey guys, can I have, can I have it? <laughs> Um, I'd like yeah. to spend a story point. <laughs> you want to spend an ox point? An ox point. Yeah. Then we'll spend this to our good friend Vance, who just resubbed up. Thank you so much, Vance. Thank from you. 1982. That is from Vance. You are going to have full access. You move into your old room, and sure enough, under the collapsed bed, you just see the floorboard. A couple of taps on it. You pull it out, and there is a fully operational cybernetic uh, toolkit. Which, by the way, yeah. um, just as just a quick reminder, this is above board, above the table, because again, you guys are still getting used to the the rules of the strange. Those tools are technically something you can take with you into the next recursion because it's the same high level science that you're coming from. So, in the context of the recursion, it will make sense. Yeah, I'm gonna do something silly with it. Uh, <laughs> okay, you're like, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. That's so good. I'm I have other tools. She wants to go make a friend, kind of a little bit. Um. She doesn't know how to like they didn't they didn't answer her and she's already bad at like people and people she doesn't know and have different things and she doesn't want to like bother them. But from what she's observed, okay, she's not gonna have a conversation with these people. But uh if she observes like the like gentle maintenance kind of check over, she's gonna go and like pull out the tools. Um the set that was like for the house and not like her regular set uh and she's going to basically just bring the case out into the yard and like just like not really engaging because didn't didn't matter the first time and so she will just like set the case down open it up and we'll just go back inside <laughs> okay 
for letting them for like as as like a as an as a thank you kind of but also as just like a you came to the right place essentially like this is literally the place where some where where a creature with cybernetics lived and needed to be maintained so like good job on that and also like thanks for not thanks for like spend like thanks for being like sleepover buddies with us and and like just like being chill about it so that that's just no real words but just like she will bring the case out and like we'll okay. leave it in the backyard for them you don't see any immediate reactions to it, but you didn't expect to. Um, but they will probably find that. And you have a suspicion, judging by how clearly in tune they are, especially with Ozzy, that they'll probably get the message that's being sent with this. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. She's just keeping herself busy because <laughs> she doesn't really know what the next 10 right. hours are going to look like. So that's what she's about to. Right. Okay. All right. Anybody else want to? Yes, Dahlia. Oh, we're gonna have that talk. <laughs> Here, we Here we go. All right. Saskia's got the meat over the fire. Okay, if you guys have your you guys have some space right now. There's nobody else out here. What's going on? I think that's a pretty broad question, Dahlia. It's a lot. Let me narrow it for you. You seem very frustrated by a lot of things that I do. I, I, I'm Karn. My responsibility is to keep everyone from Silver Creek alive. You have a tendency to make that. Oh, stop relying on that line. You always say that and you always rely on it. What's the real truth, Zach? Why are you upset? What? Further truth is there, Dahlia. I am Karn, and that is all that I am. That's it. If you believe Silver Creek, I go to make sure that they come back. That's what my father did. That's what his father, father did, and so on and so forth. You know that. I do, but something's got you tickled. I saw how much bigger the world is, and I saw that there are options outside of the ones that I've always expected for myself, and I'm not exactly sure what to do with that. I see. So you're finally starting to see just a glimpse of what I've been talking about for years, where you started to talk about how crazy I am. And now that you actually fully understand it, now you feel crazy. Is, is that this, it? Is, is this, is, do you want me to say that you were right, Dahlia? You were right, Dahlia. You, you were right. You I know. thought it would make me feel better. <laughs> I'm, I won't lie. I'm glad that it doesn't. I don't understand you, Zach. I... The path was simple. Stand in the way of something with an anger problem and a lot of teeth, and then that was it. That was the job. And now, and now we have other realities, and, and I just... 
But that's see, but that's your problem, Zach, is that you think that everything is just linear, that there's just one path and one way to go through something. Did you not realize that life is secular? Like you, you go around in circles. Like you're literally repeating the same path as your father and probably your grandfather. So why not break the cycle and do something else? Because if if we break the cycle, if one carn decides not to heal up. If one car decides not to uphold their responsibilities and, and, and it leads to further of us walking away, then who's left to protect Silver Creek? Somebody will figure it out. You can't rely on figure it out. There has to be some stability, some reasoning, Dahlia. That's, that's... Ah! <laughs> There has to be reasoning. You're telling that to the person who has dreams about the future, about somebody who has my face, somebody that is a universe killer. What reason do they have? I don't know. And, and more than that, I don't know how that doesn't scare the shit out of you, you. I. I would not be so calm in your position. What makes you think that I'm not scared? You know, I can. Tell if a raptor is amused or annoyed. Miles away. I can see if <laughs> I can see if Stripe has had to deal with leeches in the last week or two just by how just by looking at their gait. You, however, could be right in front of me and I don't understand you. Well, and maybe, I, maybe I can make it a little bit clearer for you. Please. See, when I'm with you, I don't have to worry about my safety. I can do whatever I want because I feel safe around you. I don't have to think about a T-Rex coming after me because I know Zach is right behind me and is going to take care of the problem. So you see, I have nothing to be afraid of because you're around. When you're not here, I have a problem. And I feel like that problem is coming closer than I think. I never wanted to protect you because I was a car. I wanted to protect you because I cared about you. If you cared about me, why did you make me feel like I was crazy all the time? Because I don't understand you. Just because you under don't understand something, you, you make them feel wildly out of their mind? Yesterday was the first time I allowed myself to acknowledge feelings. 
Oh, Zach has feelings. There are other universes, and yes, Zach has feelings. The discoveries, will they never cease? What feelings do you have, Zach? What feelings do you have? I... Fear. Fatigue. Interest. Interest? In what? Is there anything else I could do for you today, Dahlia? Yeah, stop avoiding a question. <laughs> I learned from the best. Oh, I don't avoid questions. I answer Just... them, quite honestly. And right now... Zach, just say what's on your mind. Seriously. I... Give me your hand. Okay. Um, I would like to spend one intellect point, and we you will see inside Zach's mind, and you will see the conversation that Zach had about not wanting to stay and protect Silver Creek. Then you'll see the conversation where he mentions his fear, how how he how he longed for you, but also how he's afraid of you. And you will then see his hope of living on the estate away from Silver Creek. And then he will pull his hand back. Oh, that's what you're afraid of. I don't want to be here anymore, Dahlia. And if what you say is true, you live with the comfort that I will be there to protect you. And I, I love that that is true, but I don't know how much longer it will be. I think I'm what if to... I told you I didn't want to be here either? Then I think you and I may need to have further conversations. Hey Zach, did you want these roots to be what? with your Jesus? You just see that literally fall over and knock for me. Someone who lives their entire life on the edge of the wilds. Who, who like, is trained to know when they are being stalked by the most skilled and violent predators the earth has ever known. In Hi, I'm Ozzy. Welcome. Here comes Ozzy. <laughs> you did not see that coming and you nearly jumped out of your skin. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the the meat falls directly into the fire and just out of instinct grabs it with bare hands. Oh uh, shit! Ah oh, fuck! Yeah. <sighs> I'll go get Joe. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm so I I am so Zach. I'm so I. It's fine. Joe, it's Joe fine. runs gone. He's fine, Ozzy. There's no one there. <laughs> Dahlia, it's choice. I never lived a life where I thought I would have one. And I don't know what I'm doing. Just That's follow your heart. What does that that doesn't make any sense? What am I gonna do with you? Well, you've okay. All right, idea real quick before Ozzy yes. comes back. Yes, close your eyes. Okay, take a deep breath. It's better not end with me in a time loop. Not my intent, but we'll see. What's the first thought that pops in your head? An absence of everything. The, when we translated, there was a moment when there was nothing. I didn't need to perceive my senses for danger because there was nothing. It was calm and quiet and that's, I fixated on that moment ever since I've had it. You wanna go back to that? Very much. Is it the idea that you don't exist or the idea that there's peace? Yes. My existence, as I was raised to understand it, is a necessity because of the danger in this world. If I don't need to exist, then there is no danger. Interesting way of putting that. You know that there's going to be danger anywhere you go. They spoke of a world that was entirely made of oceans uh, and another world with something called wizards. I don't know what a wizard is, but I'm certain it's less terrifying than Stripe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you know what a wizard is, Dahlia? I don't know. I feel. I mean, seriously, do you know what a wizard is? I'm trying to figure it don't. out. No, maybe something that whizzes by. That's what I was thinking. Like a little, like a. Maybe they just go. Really, they can probably just move really fast. And yeah. I, I wouldn't need my solar chainsaw for that. Just slap it with my hand. So how about when we're done with all of this, we go see what a wizard is?
I like that. Or the ocean. Are you, do you not feel Theta? Is it not? When you gathered the information from that computer so seamlessly, just... What, why does it matter if I feel connected to her or not? I feel connected to everything. Because we're going to have to kill something that looks exactly like you. Never mind. It, it's when the time comes, I'll do what's necessary. I'm fine. Um, I need to bring the food in. You scared? I might die too. This thing has been the antagonist to this estate for some time. There have been a number of plots. And then, and then you. I just, part of my responsibilities is to assess threat. And if Theta is as dangerous as they say, I worry you may unwittingly be a contingency plan, Dahlia. And if the time comes... Dahlia not... gives Zach a huge... Go ahead. And I'm going to whisper in your ear. If it comes to that, I will protect you. There are worlds where people like us don't have to make decisions like this. That's the most upsetting part of it, just knowing. Out of all the worlds, out of all the realities, we get to be in the one where we have to have this conversation. Yeah. So what's taking Ozzy so long? <laughs> Probably very nervous and concerned that they hurt me. Odd that one, very considerate. Interesting. <laughs> anyway. They're all very considerate, Zach. Are you sure 
They Joe, all worry about you. They all, they all worry about you. No, I'm pretty sure Joe's more concerned about any science that appears than not a, not important. Oh. I don't do heart to hearts well. May I run away from this and give people food? I mean, yeah, sure, go ahead. It's gonna put a hand on Dolly's shoulder and go, thank you. And again, just one more time, you were right. I know. I always am. I knew you were actually enjoying it. You said you were, but I knew you were. It just was. <laughs> Food for everyone. Come get it. Hardware mute. You're muted. Oh, I he, no, he just says food for everyone. Come get it. Oh, no, no, sorry. Eric's muted. Eric's muted. Ah. We'll figure it out. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> You're Eric, muted, Eric. Can you hear us, Eric? No. Eric. <laughs> Nothing. What's happening? Do you not hear me that whole time? No. Nope. Oh. No, not not a word, nothing. Not a word? Okay, that's so funny. Uh, what I was saying was, is, <laughs> what's funny about that is what I was actually saying, which was uh, uh, that Cynthia's mic muted when <laughs> when, 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 oh, when, yeah. uh, when Dahlia was like, uh, I give him a big, and then the mic cut. Yeah. So I was like, what? Yep. A big what? what? A big what? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, we didn't hear that we word. Oh, no! Was it a hug? <laughs> no, 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 it's better. It's better. It's better. This yeah, kind of this way. I'm just going to let that one go. But I just. That's it. That's the most evil thing that ever so awesome. Well really done, is. diabolical audio. Anyway, uh, diabolical. Uh, the nicely done. The <laughs> moment uh, you go to just food, you're shouting it right into Ozzy and Joe's face. As they, uh, they didn't want to go all the way into the an interrupt, so they might have hurt. I mean, you don't know that they've hurt, but they put the part with the they, they might. That was very loud. But burn. thank you for cooking food. Yes, it, it burn try, hands burn. burn. Uh, Clover is about ten feet behind Ozzy. And Joe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna take this to the kitchen because there is. Crowd. <laughs> he just okay. takes the food to the kitchen. So you didn't know about the stove. I told you. I think he just needed to cook something outside. I think it made him feel better. Maybe. Though with the shouting, I can't be sure about that. As we <laughs> turn the corner. <laughs> uh, I look at Dahlia. What's, I mean, body language wise, I'm just trying to gauge things here. <laughs> I'll leave that. Yeah, Dahlia, what, what is the, um, what's the vibe? Uh, I think she definitely has a poker face on right now. She's just kind of just stoic. <laughs> okay. I'm <laughs> just laughing. I'm to, laughing. You can try to pry if you want. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm laughing at what Clover would say. <sighs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, this is as Clover. The... Clover blurt. I know. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, uh, this forever, like the Sith Kermit meme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do the best. Do it. Um, <laughs> Clover moseys over to Dahlia, looks around. Oh no, no fire pit. Wait, did y'all start a fire? Sorry, above game. I just I don't want to uh, negate that. If you did, uh, outside we did. Yeah, yeah, you did. Okay, outside. Yeah. then I retract that. Never mind. I I look around. I see the fire. So, um, did, mm. did Zach, did Zach, did Zach cry? No, no, um, cry. Why would, why would you say cry? I don't, I don't know. I just, I, um, he has a lot of pent up emotions yes emotions yes did he did he say what the emotions are yes fear intrigue interest oh, i forgot the other one interest interest In... Don't give me that look. What is that? What, what, what are you? What, what, what are you referring? What are you referring? Did he tell you? Did he tell you how he feels about you? No. What? He showed me. <gasps> oh my God! What? Wait! Hold on! Not what it sounds like. <laughs> I love to have a party of socially competent <laughs> people. This is the best game ever. Okay, it doesn't sound like what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like what it sounds like. What do you get when everyone communicates like Willow Rosenberg? <laughs> stream punks. The answer is stream punks. Stream punks is the answer is stream punks. <laughs> um, yeah, um, you know how I like can... I my abilities I could see him do. I he showed me in conversation previously. Oh, oh, that's wow. It's really cool. How did you feel about yeah. it? Okay. Well, if you ever want to. I don't know. I just wish he would come out and say something about it, though. Like, it's great to have the feelings, but, like, he takes initiative on leading hunts and talking to dinosaurs and taking out dinosaurs, but won't take the initiative to say what he feels towards me. Huh. Well, I, I, knowing a few Karns myself, I could say that that stuff is, you know, what they're they live and breathe to hunt and stuff but it's the other stuff that they find harder so maybe in time maybe in time he'll be able to actually say it mm -hmm. yeah he gets frustrated when i flirt or do anything else with any other person being out there oh that's annoying 
Wait, so this isn't the first time? No. Oh, no. No, I've been doing a social experiment for some time. Oh. Oh, so you knew. Wait, you knew before he showed you. Oh. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I can read people very well. One of my many talents. I can see oh, that. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. But I need Zach to come out and tell me exactly what he wants from me. So until then, I'll just keep conducting my experiments. What's the next one? I think Joe would appreciate my experiments. Oh, I don't, I don't know. It just, you know, kind of comes up in the, in the, in the moment, like uh, the silverback. That was a very intriguing situation. <laughs> You're kind of my hero. Um. <laughs> Uh, See, just like how you like machines and understanding machines, I like to understand people. Yeah, I totally, I and totally get that machines. now. I totally, totally get it. And if you ever need help, like figuring out the next like experiment, please let me know. I'm happy to like apply my technological knowledge to maybe like make it people, though. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, one of my really favorite intriguing. ones is to, is to, is to see how flush people can get <laughs> all this time zach sought all the dangerous route in the wilds they didn't train me for this <laughs> social all this time, zach thought the danger was outside the walls inside the house <laughs> no amount of pull-ups can prepare you for heartbreak <laughs> you foolishly spending your time fearing stripe in Grimscale <laughs> and the butterflies <laughs> and low. Oh, the so real butterflies means? were the ones inside. In the tummy. Um, mm. Yeah, meat. Mm. Uh, yeah. Meat. Let's get meat. Lots of meat. Lots of meat. Yeah, let's it's go get a, some meat. You guys actually, all things considered, there, you know, the amount of time it takes to prep and eat, as well as the fact that there's not a lot of spices or anything to flavor this meat, you all get what seems to be a pretty decent uh, helping of protein. Um, although you will notice that Orega does not eat. He says, I'll pass where we're going. They actually have decent food waiting for us. There's a concourse that has a full array of restaurants from across the globe. You, none of you have ever had Chinese food before. You don't know what you're missing. Mm. Okay. We've missed our life for this food. Mm. Oh, it's not good enough for a regular though, Zach. Don't worry about it. Agreed. He it's leans up against the wall. I have to conserve my strength. And, and not eating does that for you? Not eating charred dinosaur flesh and waiting for a properly prepared meal. Hey, the only reason it's charred is because I... It, it was my <laughs> fault. I, I dropped the meat into the fire. That's how you, you cook it in fire. Not the point. You said that doing this whole thing is very taxing on your physical body. Mm -hmm. And putting nutrients, specifically proteins, 
into your body. I don't understand. I don't understand your logic in this. Eating food I can after help you. you do the thing? Yeah, should I help you? Um, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. We're not in charge of his blood sugar, Joe. More for us and people um, who appreciate it. Okay, but he's also he's in charge of our like corporeal beings, and if his blood sugar isn't sufficient enough, we're gonna like dissipate into the void. Okay, or but something. he's an autonomous adult who can self-regulate. Like how I don't need to be told there's a bedtime because I'm an adult. I don't tell you it's bedtime. You're going to throw up. As soon as we translate, you're going to throw up. It always happens on I, the first I couple of times. I did that times. last time. Yep, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen the first yeah. couple of times. Oh, I Eat know. Away, my friends. This. Eat and weigh. Enjoy your meal. Now you say it. Uh, there's like a pile of raptor bones. <laughs> you know, but it is true. You are going to get some nutrients from the from the eating. You might as well have that. Well, I'm oh. going to keep eating because I'm not going. Oh, yeah. Wait. If you're staying here, then I would recommend you leave your friend with her. In turns, looks directly at you, Ozzy. Yeah. It's a temporary, temporary separation. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, ever, everyone else in the group who has, it's, I, um. Oh, Ozzy hugs their bag. Oh, Ozzy's not brave about you this. Just, Ozzy's not even a little yeah. bit brave. Oh, Ozzy gets in the bag, opens a little lid in the bag and just puts their, their hands on either side of Vern's little face. Vern, oh. you're getting squished. You're not sure what incited this, but Pippa is squishing you. <laughs> oh, love you so much. You're, you're going to be so good. You're, 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 you're going to be in the Gretaceous world. Where you belong, and 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 Auntie Dolly is gonna take good, such good care of you. Auntie Dolly is gonna spoil you rotten. Auntie Dolly is gonna remember all your all your favorite foods and all your favorite snacks, and and is gonna pet you lots and lots and lots and lots. Oh. Dolly, it's starting uh -huh. to sound a little bit like Bruno's demanding nature. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, this is starting to sound a little familiar. <laughs> just because it's the same player yeah <laughs> uh, uh, i'll take care of Vern. no big deal Vern will be just fine um of course how, how does Vern travel again in um, a bag oh sorry <laughs> that was in game i mean yeah actually I mean, no clover says that in a bag yeah. true true uh we need a we need a spit we we need joe we need a bag uh, there's, I can maybe dig some out of something here. I guess when in my in my futile writing of the of the house, did I find anything that resembles a bag tote bag? Zach just pulls a bag out of his backpack. Pull <laughs> <laughs> a bag out of your bag. bag well, it's like your... a shopping bag that you just carry around. It's for, it's for storage. Zach, this is I. Um, bag, yeah. This is not my aesthetic. <laughs> Now you can see where Bruno gets it from. Dahlia, <laughs> 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 um, you, I, uh, it, it, it functions. It functions specifically for the task that it is required for. I'm sure. But it throws find... off my groove. 
It's for Vern, though. So it's okay, okay right, Dahlia? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. It's, it's fine, yep. She pats Vern on the head. Um, uh, Ozzy will start, like, uh shredding up a shirt or something for uh, bedding in in the bag because uh, usually there's the thing to sit on top of like the yeah. cars and then think... the like packed stuff over the device so like yeah just making making this this foraging bag into into a nice little Vern resort okay <laughs> um just real quick how opposed are we about putting Vern in like a kind of like hat kind of look are we okay? Are we okay with this? Like maybe like a like a something. To, no, okay. I see the. I look. mean, I mean, Vern Vern has a has a little cubby in Atticus's foot, so I don't know if Vern will particularly care. Just checking. Are you gonna yeah. spot if there are pterosaurs like anywhere who might yoink? This is nah, nah. Can, can I roll to see how I might be able to make? A household most hospitable for Vern. Like, are there like, are there like uh, sticks or roots or anything that might make it particularly more comfortable? And maybe you wouldn't have to roll for that. I think just using your general knowledge to try to make something kind of nice so that Vern both functions as an adorable accessory as well as a nice, comfortable little home. <laughs> That's just gonna walk outside. Grab a few things. Also, it, it is worth noting any pterosaur decides to try to predate on Vern is probably going to actually be targeting Dahlia. Since Dahlia is going to be much more of the size of prey that a pterosaur would be interested in. It's just, it's just, it's just Vern on a hat. I just, sure. like, it yeah, just, yeah, no. I just... In today's day, yeah, no, it, if I owned a hamster and I had a hat that a hamster could just sit on, I would absolutely, here in California, be absolutely terrified of hawks because they are <laughs> everywhere. Mm -hmm. and, um, and they don't give a fuck. They, and there's they, a whole they, size variation of, mm -hmm. of flying sores, and, and not that I'm paranoid, it's just that Vern is my baby. Okay. So... <laughs> Zach um, is gonna... Real quick, I I, le I lean over to Clover, just real quick, and I whisper, "Social experiment." Oh, Clover is so activated. <laughs> Zach, Zach is gonna come back with the bag being filled with scraps of clothing, comfortable sticks and roots, and like a flower camouflage on top, so anybody looking overhead would only see flowers. And he goes. Does that fit your groove? Yes, this is perfect. Thank you. I, I mean, as long as as long as uh, Ozzy is okay, is Ozzy is this suitable for Vern? Uh, Ozzy will scoop Vern out of the device bag and let uh, Vern sort of like smell the flowers, acclimate, make Vern choices. Like, is this, is there like Alpha Dawn nip, you know, like how, how is Vern feeling? Um, I feel like there's probably a little bit of moss, like among the dirt, the uh, sticks and stuff. And Vern definitely scampers onto the moss and just like finds that nice fun padding and <laughs> kind of like plays around with it 
with his his or their feet and stuff and then kind of like settles in and Vern likes it. It's cozy. Uh Ozzy makes uh like over the bag makes grateful face at Zach. Orega pushes off the wall and says, I'm going to go start getting set up for this, but um really hope not for the reasons you might expect, but really hope that you and I don't have to cross paths again. He says to you, Dahlia. I would love to come back, and if that were to happen, I would love to see you again, sure, but um, if everything goes well, you will all be fine and successful here in Gravac, and I will never be in the crosshairs of the estate again, which means we would not see each other again. So. Let's hope it comes to that, then. Good luck. Oh with your progenitor. She's unpleasant. Very unpleasant. Noted. Um, before we start this whole process, uh, you said you were going to teach us how to do this. Does that happen mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Going to walk you all through it. Once you understand how to do it, it will come naturally to you. Since you were all quickened, you will be able to tap into those feelings especially because some of you already have some of the abilities to do things that people at the state spend years training to learn. It's come rather naturally to each of you. Probably another, in, probably another reason why Agent Manners is interested in all of you. So, Joe, our... looks to Dolly and Byrne, looks back to Joe. Um, above table, real quick, last mm -hmm. game... Uh, Orega said something about taking all of us to Theta's home place and then sending us back so we would end up back in Silver Creek as opposed to not where we were trying to go. Is that is that what's happening? That's, or are we splitting off here? That could be a thing. But if you do go with them... We have to spend 24 hours there? It's going to have to be at least a day for him to mm -hmm. recover. Um, also, it's a roll every time you translate. So yeah. if it happens the way it happened last time, there's always a chance you don't end up in Silver or near Silver Creek. Technically, recursions when you when you enter a recursion, there's usually the same spots over and over that mm -hmm. are the weak points in which you can enter that reality. But if you roll high enough, you can attract, you can anchor yourself towards the the spots of your memory that you're envisioning. So it'll all come down to the die roll, really. Okay, cool. So I just want to make sure I, that was what yes. I had in my mind la from last session, it's but I didn't. faster. Otherwise, it's going to be a week and a half's worth. Maybe, no, you guys are, it'll actually be closer to more like two and a half to three weeks worth of travel through the Red Jaw Wilds all over again. Essentially the same path you guys took to first get to Silver Creek. You guys but, are traversing that again. If you didn't take, if you didn't take the ferry, <clears throat> if you took, if you went by water, it would take you a week to get back to Silver Creek. But Vern can't come with us through this. Shouldn't translate again. So the yeah, to translate to where you were all going, it is technically still high science. However, in the world you were all translating into, dinos do not exist. The animals okay, cool. that like Vern species doesn't. Exist. So the context of Vern being there, it would slow. Reality would slowly start turning on Vern. Okay, cool. it would be very so then, slow, but it would happen. Okay, so then that's not what we're doing then. So okay, right. so I just wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure I knew what we were, yeah. <laughs> were doing. If Vern's there for twenty four hours, Vern's fine. But okay. like, if y'all jump, if you all decide to jump with him, 
to where y'all are headed, which apparently is the moon. And then 24 hours later, jump back to Gravac. You have a chance of appearing closer to Silver Creek. You also have a chance of appearing right where you were the first time. It'll come down to the die roll. The only thing you would lose is about a day's worth of travel if it doesn't work. And Vern would be fine. In 20, yes, Vern would be fine. Vern has much more than 24 hours. Vern would have Lorega to told us in character. In character. Absolutely never, ever, ever bring Vern any anywhere ever again. Yeah. So if that's yeah. if that if that's what Joe is operating on, then Well, you can't Vern cannot translate with you all. So if you tried to translate with Vern, Vern's gonna be left here by themselves. If you go through an, an opportune gate like you did the first time. That's when Vern can enter other recursions because that is something that allows you to take things from one recursion into the next. And then the danger comes to the fact that Vern is not sparked or quickened. So after a while, Vern would start immediately disintegrating as reality claimed Vern. But in this case, like if you all decided to take Vern with you, then um, you guys would essentially, I mean, that's ultimately the problem. If you decide to translate to another reality, Vern is just going to be left behind. Because okay, Vern so then we're not doing leave. that. Yeah. Then, okay, so Ozzy turned and at, you You just kind of basically, you just like, we're like, J what's your, that was kind of the, the yeah, thought? Yeah, a visual, you like, go, going with Dahlia, and then back, like, what's the deal? Face. I don't, I don't want to go to space. I don't want to go to space. I'm not supposed to be in space. Technically, I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm extra not supposed to be in space. No, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, no, uh, and, and we're going to be fine. We're going to be back really, really quick anyway. I mean, I guess we're always quick. Orega keeps but, talking about how we're quick. Mm -hmm. So we'll be really quick. And uh, yeah, it'll be like we're never gone. The first time was fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna be fine, and and I'll have tons of stories. Um, is there anything I should bring you back from the moon? I don't even know what to to possibly conceive that would be on the moon. So I leave that to your discretion. Rocks, I snacks, weapons. Um, your discretion. More snacks. Okay, discretion. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I'm gonna find my discretion on the moon. Fair enough. I hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big hug. <laughs> mm -hmm. Big, big, like maybe just a moment on the tiptoes, feeling mm -hmm. sort of hug. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be safe. You too. Don't get sunburned. I will. Mm, bigger hug. <laughs> you won't though. Big hug. <laughs> Probably. Can you get sunburned on the moon? Oh God. Oh, actually, way worse than what you would expect. Yeah, <laughs> way you don't get sunburned. <laughs> um, so with that, we are going to pause, and when we come back, will be the moment of truth. Um, oh gosh! So yeah, let's take a quick break. We'll come back in roughly ten minutes and start off with part two of tonight's chapter. We'll see you guys soon. Now, a quick message during the break. To help us continue producing shows like this, consider supporting Althaven on Ko-Fi. Your contributions keep the Haven alive. And if you're not already part of our vibrant community, join us on Discord. It's the best way to stay updated on upcoming shows and events.
Do y'all remember that Christmas at Geek and Sundry when we got that huge, like, four-pound box of chocolate truffles that someone had sent in? Oh, I remember my that? gosh. And it took us, like, three months to get through them. Yep. That was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. It was practically St. Patrick's and we were eating those things. <laughs> I should have I should have been dead. I ate so many of those. I should – I am not – I have defied science. I should be dead right now. We all died there, actually. We all – yeah, it's, sure. uh, it's true. Or at least a piece of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me we stop before I get in trouble. Yeah. trouble. <laughs> definitely left a piece of ourselves, yeah. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and jump back into tonight's story. When we last left off, y'all had just tried to have a, a breaking of fast this morning as everyone had just woken up after a successful hunt. The silverbacks are still lingering in the area. They are not being quite obvious right now. They're just kind of lurking about near the tree lines and whatnot. But y'all have started to say your goodbyes as the party's getting ready to split across the dimensions. Two of you are deciding to head straight back to Silver Creek. And how you're going to get there, we're going to figure that part out in a sec. Um, the rest of you, though, you're going to another reality. This will be the second time y'all have jumped through a recursion. And this one supposedly is taking you to a reality in which humankind lives upon the moon. You've seen images of it at the estate brought back to you. Um, where you were going, you have all never seen aside from those images, but the person that's leading this uh, translation into the new recursion is Orega, who has been there before. So he's also using this as an opportunity to teach you all how to do recursions. Now, I'm going to do this narratively, but I'm also going to do this as a GM because you players actually don't know how the hell to do this. So the way recursions work is one person usually leads the recursion, the, the translation into the recursion. So somebody would have to say that I'm going to take point on this. And then other assistance is given if you guys want to ease the role. It's an intellect-based role to jump into a new recursion. If it's a recursion you've been to, it's eased. If it's a recursion that somebody else is familiar with, if it's a recursion you've never been to, but you have an artifact of or a picture of, you can still technically do it. How and where you appear in the recursion really depends on how the role goes and what the difficulty level is. If the initiating character, for example, is familiar with the recursion that you're going to, and it's one you visited before, you can actually make a default destination for yourself. For example, when translating back from where y'all are going, if you successfully roll, y'all could translate directly into Silver Creek once you've learned how to do this. Particularly because the recursion y'all will be jumping back to is your home recursion. So it should be relatively easy. This is gonna be um, an instance though where y'all will have to lead the recursion. Unlike this time, Orega was the one that was taking point because y'all didn't know how to do it. And it ended up getting you back to Gravac, but not where you wanted to go. Ma probably has a lot to do with the fact that technically Orega has never been inside Silver Creek. He's only ever been out and about. <laughs> So, not to mention there was a bit of a flub on the roll. So, what we're going to do is um, <clears throat> we're going to state the difficulty of the recursion you were jumping into, which is six. Which is actually kind of on the higher end when it comes to jumping into recursions. Usually a difficulty of five or four is pretty standard, depending on where you're going. And how far away it is from the shoals of Earth. This one is still within the boundaries of the shoals of Earth. And he explains to you all, the shoals of Earth are recursions that are closest to Earth. 
he gives an explanation as to what the strange would look like if you were to lay it out on a map. And like stars in a distant galaxy, some recursions are in fact farther away. The farther away a recursion is from Earth, typically the harder it is to get there. And also the more outlandish or alien that recursion might actually feel. And some of the most spectacular and dangerous recursions are the ones outside the shoals of Earth. However, the recursions within the shoals of Earth are typically, he explains, the line of defense. Think of it like the ozone. It's that which is keeping out all the planetivores from devouring the planet. This are one there chlorofluorocarbons in this metaphor? What's that? Are there chlorofluorocarbons in this metaphor? Those would be useful, wouldn't they? Uh, no, they would eat the ozone. Oh, this is the stuff that was emitted from the uh, refrigerator. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. In that case, no, we're we're good. Okay, um, good. Theta felt kind of felt like a chlorofluorocarbon. A I mean, bit, she kind of wants to be. She's yeah. trying to be the chlorofluorocarbon that you want to see in the world. And at least oh. that's her philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the particular gas and gas. Yes. Be the particular gas you want to see in the world to destroy the ozone. Um, so in this case, though. Um, this is the way it's going to work. So if y'all, I, I believe you all have a copy of The Strange. If you want, if you want to have it available, it is on page 127 of the PDF, but 125 of the actual book. It's rules of translation. So in this case, I'm going to go ahead, because it is an MPC and this is a cipher system, I actually don't have to roll. And, but I can tell you that as a level six recursion, he's going to need some help to get the difficulty down. So one of you who is a paradox this is technically going to be technically this is ozzy but ozzy doesn't manifest ozzy or no i'm sorry not ozzy um oh wait no you don't have one now no it's clover clover's not a paradox though clover's a i'm a paradox yeah, oh you are a paradox, oh, look how you, paradox. Flavored, you flavored yeah. it i've i forgot that's you're the tech right okay gotcha mm -hmm. So then, yeah, Clover, you can flavor, you can actually assist on this to reduce the translation time. Great. So, um, translation trance, this is going to be uh, rules, translation process, acclimated, blah, blah, blah. That's the acclimation process. Usually, acclimation can last up to an hour or as little as one round. In this case, since y'all reappeared back in Gravac, the, the acclimation to returning home was in a round. You guys felt sick and then you were fine. If it's a new recursion you've never been to and it, it's completely outside of the wheelhouse of what you're normally traveling into, sometimes it can be an hour before you're used to where you are. In which case, he's got all sorts of stories to tell you again about what it's like to wake up under the sea as, with fins instead of legs and arms, which is a recursion he has been to. Um, okay. So in this case... You can modify translate vectors or oh, interesting. So when it comes to easing a translation, if a player initiates a transla translation, another character can join into the trance to ease the acclimation in the transfer process. So in this case, easing it down would actually be a vector. So a vector is, believe it or not, in the strange, a vector is a carn. So this would be where Zach would need to step in to help ease the translation process into the new reality. A participating yeah. vector allows acclimation in just one round instead of... Okay, cool. So helping with the translation. So then a vector's strength basically is going to help with acclimation. You guys have never been to this place before. So 
Zach, they are going to be able to use your strength as a Karn to acclimate faster to the reality in which y'all are stepping into. So y'all, it says by default, it's only going to take a round for you to acclimate when you appear because of you, because of having a Karn taking place in the translation. Um, so let's just do this then. Everyone starts to say their goodbyes. Anything y'all want to say to each other now as space is cleared out onto the floor and pushed, debris is kind of pushed aside as Orega kind of drops that sort of goofy tone that he has and he's become all business. He's like, you here, sit here, sit here. And he's just directing everyone exactly where to take stance. And he's like, all right, I'm going to walk everyone through this so that everyone understands exactly how this works. It's actually not as complicated as it might originally seem. But I will tell you this. The biggest thing that makes translation difficult is getting in your own way, just like meditation. But just like meditation, thought is not the enemy. Thought is part of the process. So when you are focusing on the place you are going to and you have distraction or other thoughts, let that become part of the process. Don't push it away. Absorb it. Focus on it. Make it part of the sitting process and continue. Okay? That's one thing you have to keep in mind. I'll show you how to do the rest. But you best say your goodbyes now, because once we begin, we cannot stop. Right. <clears throat> Dolly, Joe, do you have any needs of protection? Uh, Joe pulls a taser out of her pocket. <laughs> I point out the window. Right. <laughs> Silver backs. All right, um, we'll see you when we get back. Remember, uh, Vern is omnivorous, but those berries with, with the little hats on them, Joe, you know what the hat, the, the hat berries look like. They, they make Vern sick, so make sure, like, Vern's gonna wanna eat a lot of them, but can't. You know better, and we both know you know better, but we both know that you're gonna try something with Auntie Dolly, and I'm not having it, but you're gonna be the bestest baby for Auntie Dolly, okay? And just, no matter what you do, make sure... Uh, okay, Oregas, uh, While, while uh, Ozzy is giving the spiel at Dahlia, um, uh, Clover and uh, Zach, between you, Joe appears, kind of just, like, at your elbows, um, and just, like, very quietly says... Please keep them safe. Uh, I think you're going to get uh, the controller and the drone in your head and Zach says, and do the same for Dahlia. I, I hope you understand how that's a bigger ask of you, of, of me, than of me to you, but I, I that is, do promise that's why that I'm I, giving you a highly will, advanced piece of technology to assist. And I really do appreciate it. This is extremely cool, and I will, I will not take it apart. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, if you need extra assistance with that, I take off my goggles. I don't really have a use for these without sweets, so here. Okay. They'll take some getting used to, but I think I think you'll get the hang of it. They made me a little dizzy, but like I'll 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 make sure everybody's okay when we get back. We'll see you later. I hope. Have fun on on the moon, I guess. Try to give Silver Creek some warning before the Silverbacks. 
they that'll if they travel with you all the way that will oh god <laughs> as it starts to slowly occur to Zach what they how they might react to see silverbacks <laughs> outside the gates well, I mean, the good news is try to stay in one piece good news is butterflies probably won't mess with you if you're traveling with a bunch of silverbacks I guess so that's probably true yeah Clover yeah I can tell you Clover there are plenty of stories about the foolish butterfly that thought because they were riding on the back of a T-Rex that they would not have to contend with having to deal with silverbacks. And then the story continues of how a silverback leapt onto the back of a T-Rex and scaled up its back just fast enough to tear the butterfly right off the saddle. I mean, there are plenty, I mean, human intelligence already incorporated into that cybernetic form. They are deadly. So yeah, it's true. Silver, uh, just to give you context as a butterfly, a former butterfly, you would know butterflies take silverbacks very seriously. Everybody does. <clears throat> Give Tara some warning. I, I'll do my best. Thank you. And she turns around and walks away. <laughs> and I turn and walk away. And I turn and walk away. <laughs> Except it's 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 with the flare of this. Uh, this is getting weird. I don't know you people very well, uh, and not so much <laughs> the, the drama. Fair, fair. Uh, and then she will go and uh, maybe possibly even towards the end of the tirade, uh, you will get, ooh, I just punched my microphone fully with my fist. Um, Ozzy will get one more, one more Joe hug. Uh, Ozzy is received Joe hug. Um, Ozzy is uh, kissy the top of, of Vern's head again. Um, Ozzy is turn around. Ozzy is return hug from Joe. <laughs> Ozzy is kiss the top of Joe's head. The two most important beings in my world. Take care of each other. Or else. Bryn's so much better at keeping lookout than I am, so I know we're probably going to be okay. That bar is subterranean and we both know it, but I love you. I love you. Stay safe. You too. And neither of us sunburn. My final sunburn. Offer. No sunburn. All right. <clears throat> Y'all are done. Let's begin. No hand holding required this time. Just focus on me. But close your eyes. <clears throat> He closes, uh, as he's about to close his, he looks back at Dahlia and Joe and just says, you want to stick around, you might want to take a few steps back. Backs up. Backing up. <laughs> it's, it's been a minute. Closes his eyes. Time begins to stretch on. And after a few moments, you notice a change in body language from your friends as they're all sitting in a circle. You notice that they go from that strange sort of, it's, do you remember it when you first did it? That strange awkwardness of no one speaking, that shifting on discomfort, but eventually everyone settles. 
and their body language seems to slack a little bit, like relax, like they sink into a meditation. As time continues to stretch on, now keeping in mind too that translation is not a quick process. You can speed it up. Thankfully, you have a paradox here who is linked in and can actually speed this up. But translation time by default, it defaults at four hours of meditation to jump from one reality to the next. But you can hasten the, pro the process um, from the perspective, okay, so then hastening the pro initiates a second character can join in the translation trance and speed it up the four-hour process so that it takes only two hours. This is called hastening the translation. A PC can further hasten the role and effort and by down by half to a minimum of about 10 minutes. So in the case of this, we're going to say that the translation process is going to take about 10 minutes or so. Yeah, Ozzy um, will, will do the accelerations and spinners or the hasteners. Okay, perfect. So you all begin to focus. Um, Paradox, spinner does the hastening advantage. Paradox is doing the initiation advantage, um, which is going to help ease um, the effects. So that you have, basically, you all have exactly what you need in order to translate. You have a Paradox that is, that is easing the roll. You have a Karn or a vector who is going to ease your acclimation to the new reality in which you were jumping into. And then you have a spinner, AKA Sam's character, the speaker, who is basically going to hasten the translation effect. <clears throat> After a long enough time, y'all remember when you first translated to this reality, it did not take, it did not feel like it took that long. It, it really felt like it was pretty quick for all of you, but you are aware that you were sitting there for a hot minute. On the outside, looking in, though, now you can see how long this process actually takes. But after about 30 minutes of ensuring that they are safe as they're translating, you guys begin to see a, an effect taking place around them. You begin to see in the center of this circle. At first, you think it might just be like a trick of the light, like maybe a shadow playing across a broken window pane. But what you see now is, is it looks like there's this small kernel of darkness starting to form at the very center of the circle and begins to spark begins to expand a little bit but it stays in the very center you can see this sort of purplish bluish beautiful nebulous like cloud begin to expand at the center and this electrical energy begin to play out but it doesn't respond like electricity which blinks in and out of existence faster it doesn't happen like it does in the movies it blinks in this case, though, it looks more like plasma arcing out and reaching out like fingers to the outside world before retracting back in. As this is happening, you start to see your friends begin to slowly fade from existence. It looks very similar to if you have seen Tron when he gets frozen and then he starts being slowly deconstructed and like a 3D printer is just taking him part molecule by molecule a similar effect where all of a sudden a vibrant blue glow emanates from around all of them. And it, you see their bodies just begin to disintegrate layer by layer by layer, realizing this is what happened to you. That sensation you felt of being pulled from your skin, you're watching their bodies essentially disintegrate in this reality, being translated out of it, written right out of existence, one molecule at a time, and they're gone. I think I might throw up anyways. Do you need a bucket? No, I'll go outside. Joe's gonna go outside. 
you rush outside and you feel better. The anxiety inevitably is eased slightly from the sheer exhaustion of your muscles needing to rest after throwing up. You just kind of take a deep breath and just anxiety is replaced by worry. What would the two of you like to do as they disappear? I'm going to go check on Joe. Well, first off, I'm going to strap on Vern. Okay. Me. I think Joe comes back inside. Okay. Afterwards. Vern is, uh, Vern, you, all you know is, um, let me give this to you. To, let me give this to Vern. Vern is not quickened and Vern is not, does not have the spark. Vern does not know Pippa is gone. Mm-hmm. Vern just doesn't know. Yeah, Vern is in like a hat forest. It, but yeah, but like Vern doesn't even know to miss Pippa because Vern is written into this reality and Pippa has been written out of it. Mm-hmm. So what, so right now, um, basically what it means is P- Vern still fully remembers Pippa. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like a glitch in the re- the way reality is written. So when Pippa returns, Vern won't even know that Pippa was ever gone. Mm-hmm. Pippa will have just been like, oh, hi. It, it will not. In other words, Vern is not going to miss. Vern is not going to suffer anxiety for missing. Instead, Vern is just kind of operating. And this, by the way, is true for all y'all's animals here in the Cretaceous period. None of them. It, it's actually specifically written into the rules that... Anybody, including people in Silver Creek who are not quickened or, or carry the spark, don't understand that you have gone anywhere when you've mm-hmm. left a recursion and return. If we return on foot, though, will they know we were gone for a week? They will so wonder where the we... hell y'all went, yes, because you've been back. back. Uh, yeah, so it's from the moment we're back in. Reality the... just kind of starts to write in your absence suddenly. Hmm. But for those who are quickened, for those who are aware of the strange... And for those who have a spark, who are passingly aware of the strange, they will be aware that you have been gone, that time has passed. And they may even be confused why everyone else doesn't know that. So, Hmm. Melena, if it's true and she is connected, she probably knows y'all have been gone. And it's going to be a dead giveaway when y'all return, when everybody else treats you like you've just been here the whole time. So Vern is not currently suffering extreme anxiety for the fact that Pippa vanished right before them. Vern is where Vern is supposed to be. In a hat forest. And as far as Vern knows, Vern is just like, oh, Pippa's just, you know, it's just like when Pippa's out of sight, out of mind, run him in Pippa's bag. Like Pippa will be back any second. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just going to pat, pat Vern on the head. Two little scritches. It's a nice hat. Yeah. Vern is chilling. Very comfy in this hat. Okay. How do you all plan on getting back to Silver Creek? Are you going to go by waterway or are you going to travel through the Red Jaw Wilds? Water. Water. We have to go on the boat this time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I, I survived by um, pure luck, I'm pretty sure, the first time. Um, And now there are less of us. Um, And we don't have a Triceratops. So I Definitely, there is a near certainty oh, that I we would have, be dead. We have them. I don't know if they're going to want to come with us. 
I, I do want to add one thing for you, Cynthia, because this has never had to come up before. We've never had to bring this up before. But now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden we're in this hilarious place where y'all are actually incorporating this into the narrative based off of the fact that you split the party and you're headed back to Silver Creek. Um, if you remember when we first created Dahlia and we were coming up with the backstory of how you went to Silver Creek because you were following your visions, we decided that when you left, you left by boat, which means you already have a connection with the fairies that took you down. You know exactly where to go to meet them. You know where they're operating and they know who you are. Here is the challenge. Do you have the noddles to pay for passage? That's going to be the tricky part. So can I, can story I point that? points to you? Technically, the book does tell me that ox points can be spent for things like that. So yes, you can. I might... I might ask for an ox point each, however, to balance that out. So I would say Joe and Dahlia would need to spend an ox point so that passages, you guys can purchase passage for both. Otherwise, it's going to be a yeah. little trickier. Yeah, unless we so. want to try to like finesse our way through this, <laughs> led by probably you, um, I, I, I am fine spending them the ox points if it's if we yeah, want same. to do it that way okay yeah same who's paying for our trip i guess i will no no sorry our ox crew oh ox crew. Oh, you want to know which ox yeah, who's members paying, i'm who's paying from for, okay who's paying for our trip well it's been a hot minute so i'm going to give this one to a big thank you to guru matt guru matt is paying for this one and the other one i'm going to randomly roll the other one is shock 22 Hey. Also Thanks paying. For the money. Yep. So two ox points spent. You guys look into your pouches. Those noddles, by the way, have been translating with you. They followed you through the inopportune gate and translated back with you guys. So your Wait. equipment does follow you at least that much you know when you were jumping from one reality to the next. Sweet. You guys decide to set off. Looking over your shoulder, Dahlia, you can see a few of the silverbacks are just watching the two of you. I, I kind of would like to go over to yours, the one I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you approach him, and I know he's not going to understand what I'm saying, but or they don't understand what I'm going to say, but you know, just kind of saying goodbye. And you know, if we're going to the water, so if you could like maybe accompany us, that'd be great. <laughs> Uh, see how much of that translates over yeah you can make a roll here okay <laughs> to try to communicate with them um uh the animal handling the difficulty is six <laughs> i believe the handling was last episode thank you this is true <laughs> <laughs> oh right the animal has been handled but who was actually making the animal handling check in that one i wonder Depends on who the world may never know. Yeah, world may never know. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, the difficulty is six. You'll need an 18 or better unless you can ease that somehow through any kind of abilities or anything you have on you. I'm slick, but I think he has to understand me to, to have that. You know, what I would say was uh, the fact that you've made it, I think I'll let that ease the difficulty of the roll by one. Okay. Because I think that's that's completely fair. 
Um, so then I would drop it down to five. So you would need a 15 or better on a D20. And if you have anything else you think might contribute you that social connection. Your your edge for intellect is three, which means you have a, a oh, free you get a level free. effort. Yeah, so you, you get a free level of effort. Because the, it would cost three normally, but that three eats that whole thing. So you just drop it by yeah. one automatically. Yeah, yeah. So that, that drops it down to four, so you need 12 or better. You can spend also if you want. Like you can I'm spend not going to say Slick is going to really come into play here. Yeah, I don't think yet. Yeah, I don't um, really think he has the, the context enough to, to have you apply being Slick necessarily. But 12 or better is a difficult roll, but it is, it is in the 50-50 range for a D20 roll. I feel like... Can I spend some, like... I don't know what you just I, sent me, Sam, but the look on your face tells me it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> you can you can spend... I, I don't... What's your... I don't remember what your... Sorry, You're not know. done. You're not done. Your effort is here. So you can spend two more points for your second point of effort, and that would be your total. You can only lower it by two by spending. Um, yeah. The first one costs three, the second one costs two, and your edge ate that three. So if you spend two more, you can drop it by one more if you'd like. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to stick to where I'm at. 12 or better? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled a 12. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We okay. love to live on the edge. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's funny because the edge with the effort. Anyway. Um, okay. So uh, he glances at you and looks at your hand movements uh cranes his head a little bit as he's watching you move and the way he tilts his head and kind of eyes you a little bit almost as if he's imitating what it's like to have eyes on the side of his head as opposed to in front of his head he gazes at you for a moment and you see him do a very like human looking nod to you like he seems to understand what you're saying cranes his shoulders back a little bit and nods to you uh, I turned back to Joe. I was like, I think they're going to follow. That's cool. I'm going to have a snack. And then we can go. Okay. I got to. <laughs> okay. She's got Joe's got to read. <laughs> Just as she's puttering around and closing things up. Um, did, did they take the tool? Did they take the toolkit? <laughs> they did. Yes. They took the toolkit. I'm going to so also keep, make a note, Caitlin, because I know mm -hmm. you are the master at taking notes. I love to do um, that. Yeah. Uh, make a note here. That's going to, I'm going to let that permanently ease social interactions you have with them by one. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah. Kind of like Cynthia got a bonus just now, so you're going to have one as well. Um, Y'all, ultimately, the Silverbacks have kind of found their ease around all of you. Not to mention that Ozzy pretty much made you all feel like they were part of their pack, even though yeah. you don't operate the way they do. But yeah. Um, but yes, cool. I would say y'all have entered into friendship with Silver Pack, uh, Silverbacks. Um, I would <gasps> say, <laughs> I would say one thing to keep in mind, though, and yeah. and this is some this is for your characters. Um, while you are members of the pack, and because they are, you know, being helpful here, um. Silverbacks, I think it's worth noting that your characters would all understand this. Much like humans make the mistake very often in anthropomorphizing animals and pack structure and social dynamics and whatnot. Despite the fact that you guys are all friends, there is still this lingering sense of being very cautious around them. They behave like raptors. 
they will just tr treat them like you would any other raptor pack in the wild because even though they seem to have an understanding of your dynamics they are loyal only to each other and themselves yeah, joe joe has a a pretty robust at uh, what she would consider a uh, healthy and logical uh, apprehension about dinosaurs regardless Perfect. so i think I think having yeah. like spent time watching them and like yeah. picking up on their their dino cues, I think she is perfectly fine to like let them exist that way and treat cool. them as as such. Like, so I think that that is like yeah, that, that aligns you, with her fully. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I, I was giving you all this above board because your characters mm -hmm. would just know this. Mm -hmm. They would know that like okay, like we have an understanding, but they're they're silverbacks. So, mm -hmm. um, okay. So with that, the three of you set off you will note that the rest of the silverback pack does not follow and they don't pay it much mind when one of them does um one of them follow the one that cynthia made friends with is following the rest of the pack however is moving off back into the red jaw wilds and you guys begin to make your way towards what is uh give you some um information you're headed towards uh, the Tortix Run. The Tortix Run is the is the inland river that runs through. Uh, it runs close to the Chalk Road and all throughout La Ramidia. It goes up north towards the direction of Silver Creek and then breaks away into an inland sea. Tortix Run is also a very dangerous journey, but the company that you are looking for is called the Silverex Edge, run by an old married couple that takes people up and down the river and has for quite some time. Um, that's who you guys are looking for. And you're heading off in that direction. This is going to take you very close to Kaleno City. Because they are based, technically they are based in Kaleno City. But they have two stops on the outskirts. So y'all are making your journey. It's probably going to be about a day's worth of walking to get to where you need to go. But um, you've got a silverback following you. So at least in that regard, if there's any pirates or jackasses that want to test you on the chalk road or get any close to you, or if there's any dinos out there that want to test you, they'll probably think twice about that. Essentially, what's going to happen is, is I'm going to allow the silverback to operate as a combat asset should anything go south, at least up to the yes. Silver X Edge, because they ain't no way Silver X Edge is going to be cool with seeing a silverback uh, approach. <laughs> they are going to lose. And he doesn't want to come that far with us. Yeah. He's just being nice. So, with that, the two of you set out. The rest of you, the same sensation of uh, being pulled through that interdimensional highway known as the Strange that vein of dark energy that links all these different realities and spirals off into infinite space. And you start slowly becoming conscious as your bodies are beginning to form once again in this new reality. The first thing that strikes you is the temperature shift. It's chilly. Not like it was where you were leaving, where it was kind of warm. It's summer morning, so it was very humid and hot. Where you were translating to, though, you immediately are filled with the sensation of uh, it's kind of cold. Um, it's also dark and there's a blinking light. It takes you a second to realize that it's not you having a hallucination. But when you all begin to form, there's the sense of dizziness. And there is a complete and utter sense of feeling disassociated with your body. 
which is a horrifying sensation to experience as once again, you're looking at your hands and they don't feel like they're yours for a second. Your whole body for a split second just doesn't feel like it belongs to you before you begin to realize, no, no, this is me. You begin to sink into it. The one thing that's really throwing you off is the fact your clothes have completely changed. So have your shoes. Some of you are wearing gloves now. Your weapons all look the same. So does the equipment. But you were wearing grays, blues, purples. They look like flight suits. Y'all are wearing jackets that look very similar to like aviator jackets, but they are kind of like a little thick, bulky. And immediately as you start to realize where you the clothes you're wearing, you begin to feel the warmth set in. Like the clothes themselves are also translating into this reality. You guys are literally being adapted into the reality you're being forming into. And then it's done. And you are all in what would seem to you to be a small enclosed space of about, looks like 10 by 12. So a single room, large enough to have for all of you. Um, there is a flickering light in the corner of the wall, but the rest of the lights in here seem to be working just fine. The place looks decently furnished. You see what looks like bunk beds on the side of the wall and a small chest. But what's also fascinating is it looks cave-like. You see a metal wall in front of you, and then the wall itself behind it looks kind of gray, rocky, with rivets. Rivets that go into the wall itself it looks like it's sort of a mix between stone and steel. And then you see stickers, spray paint, images that are all put up on the wall. And you can hear music. It sounds like a recorded music session of some kind. And a voice. Many of which, keeping in mind, you're coming from Gravac, you've never heard before. A radio is playing. And y'all are hearing this for the first time. You can hear someone giving some kind of commentary that doesn't make a lot of sense to you. It's another cool day on Luna One. We've got a few uh, hits coming in, a couple of requests, but uh, another birthday list here. we got some birthdays coming in. You hear this being said over that. News from the Revel. It seems that there has been another pirate attack out by Jupiter. Uh, local authorities are being called in. As everyone knows, we can defend... Uh, we can depend on our good old friends and Star Force to take care of that for us. The Navy is going to be looking into it. Other news coming out of Venus, and you just hear it going on and on and on. The Wind Racer competition is going on. You see Orega stand up and stumble over and turns off this, what looks like a holographic projection. He taps it and goes, oh, fuck, I didn't realize I left that on. <sighs> Takes a deep breath. Everyone okay? How's everyone feeling? Well, um, how are we feeling? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you thanks to having a Karn in your party, that sense of disassociation from your body, that sense of nausea, no one feels inclined to throw up. Oh, well, much better than last time. Oh, good. Good. Whew, it's good to be back. Uh, you said there was a chest in the room. I'm just going to go to see what's in the chest. Okay. When you stand up mm -hmm. and push yourself up off the ground, 
you begin to float towards the ceiling. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) You push off the ground and go straight up and you hear Orega go, huh? <laughs> I may have left out that little uh, that little detail. Clover you, stands oh, up and pushes up. You go straight up. You are at 17% of Earth gravity right now. So you kind of bounce up and begin to slowly drift back down to the floor. What? <laughs> wow. I don't usually sleep with gravity on. Left it off before I left. Saves power if I ever want to return here. I still have to pay rent on this place, you know. Turn it back on, please. All right. But if you didn't throw up before, he goes over to this wall unit, taps a few buttons, and you see this three-dimensional holographic display just go, and he taps it a few bit, a few bits later, and you hear activated, and everyone, everything just goes down to the ground in a wave of nausea as oh, gravity is certain yeah. up. 1G is instantly implemented onto the room. It takes a few seconds for your ears, your inner ear to acclimate to that. So there's just this wave of dizziness and then you're okay. That's <laughs> but... not my favorite. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I liked it better without the gravity thing. Sleeping in zero G is, well, G or lower G is divine. Especially when you have to have sleeping on bunk beds, any points. I'm not going to be using this place anymore. As far as I'm concerned, this is your apartment now. Let me see here. It goes over. Because the estate knows I have this place. He opens up a drawer, pulls out a small, what looks like a, it looks like a, like a data chip of some kind. Unlike any you've ever seen before and sets it down. He goes, there's some money. Feel free to have that. Slides it closed. And um, this should set you all up. Thanks. That's. Okay. So you're going to want to speak to an Eximander. Yeah. By the way, who's an Eximander? An Eximander is the AI that governs the moon. Luna 1 specifically, the city that you're in now. Is is an Eximander... um, How do I say this? Um, Like, cool? Like, you know, like, not murdery? Actually... Yes, Anaximander is, from what I understand from the people who live here in Luna One, Anaximander actually has quite the good reputation. Okay, great. Not like the other one. No, not like the other one. I'm not completely clear as to what their relationship is, but Anaximander has quite the job to perform. Literally keeps this entire solar system from ripping itself apart. Wow. In what sense? Like, metaphysically? Culturally? Okay, let me give you the quick rundown of what you have jumped into. He grabs a chair and slides it over. He has to unclip it from the floor. He slides it over, takes a seat, reverses and says, all right, where you are right now is called the Revel. At least that's what humanity has called it for a while now. What you have is humankind has expanded out to colonize the solar system. Everywhere from the moon all the way back to Venus and a couple of floating cities out in space. Great space stations that are the size of small moons themselves and a few asteroids. Uh, It's like this. Earth? Forget about it. 
not accessible anymore. Long story, but essentially, Earth has gone completely dark. And anyone who attempts to go to Earth is never seen again. So no one goes to Earth. Uh, because Earth has gone dark, the rest of the Revel has been cut off from home base, as it were. So this entire solar system is a political powder keg ready to explode. It's been like this for years. So there are factions that are slowly starting to develop. People who think that because Earth is now quiet, they should be the new ones in charge since all the leadership went dark with the rest of Earth. You follow? Anaximander there is an AI that governs the moon, but Luna is the closest place to Earth. So Anaximander is sort of think of like the one stabilizing element that's keeping a lot of things in place. Not to mention the Navy is based here on the moon. So Anaximander has a relationship with them. And if we are to believe what the estate has told you, Anaximander is at the very least carrying the spark because apparently Anaximander is aware of the strange. So I wouldn't trust anyone else. The estate has agents here, by the way. You don't have to fear them. Don't have to worry about them. I do, but you should all be fine. Unless the estate has put out some kind of snatch and grab on all of you. I don't think they would, though. I think Manners is more interested in me. Well, what about the fact that we're staying here at your domicile? Oh, they'll probably ask you questions. That's why I'm not telling you where I'm going. This is the last time we will ever see each other, I'm afraid. Okay. But um, you know how to translate now. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. Can you, uh, point, can you point me in the direction of where I can find a weapon to kill Theta? Yes, that's something I mean to tell you all. The recursion you've entered is high science, same as yours, which means anything you buy or take from this place, you will be able to bring it back with you. So, that could give you an advantage over the butterflies, possibly give you a fighting chance against Theta. That's all my, I want. my suggestion would be to speak to an Eximander. Trying to... Weapons on Luna 1 are not allowed, unless you're part of the... Star, uh, Star Force. Force. Star Force, which is the Navy. But there's also the Militia. That answers to an Eximander. Moon Force? I don't know what their name is. I don't know if an Eximander has ever named them. I think they're just sort of the Militia. Hmm. Is it hard to get a meeting with an Aximander? Yes, very. But if you drop the estate or Manor's name, I'm sure that will catch an Aximander's attention and you will take a priority meeting with him. Sounds good. I think I know everything I need to know. Uh, one last thing I must tell you. I said the estate has agents here. So do the planetables. In every recursion you go to, someone is going to be there that is trying to disrupt things. It means that if it becomes known where you are from, you might put a target on your back. Don't stay here longer than you have to. And hey, 
now that you're here, you have an easier time of coming back. Oh, one last thing. He goes over to the radio and he says, this radio is a recursion key, this transmitter. Pats it. He says, this will allow you to return to this room every single time you translate here. Oh, okay. Understood. Zach is going to stand up and start to head towards the door. I like him. Um, Zach, you head towards the door, and as you open it up, you see a corridor about 15 feet wide and foot traffic. People moving by. A hover car just goes right past you as it's carrying a bunch of people as well as what looks like a trailer. Um, you see all sorts of people in unique, interesting costumed garb. Some of it looks very stylish and bizarre, futuristic, like fifth element style with bizarre, like plastic arcs going off of it, kind of fashionable. And some of them are dressed very much like you. Looks like they're ready for a day's work or they're just trying to dress warm. Um, you see a couple of people uh, moving past you, but for the most part, no one takes any notice. As the door opens, though, Orega turns to you, Ozzy, and says, This is goodbye. Yes, so. So, that's too bad. Well, doesn't have to be forever. Goodbye. Am I going to be attacked if I enter Silver Creek? Should I ever return to Gravec? How would I know? I was there for two days. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. You move very quickly. You and Disaster. Kind of just follows you around a little bit, eh? Well. Move fast enough, it won't catch up. You must know the feeling. That's a good cue for me to leave. I don't want to put the estate on your trail, and they will eventually look for me here, so... Take care of yourself, huh? And, um, thank you for... speaking with me that night in the swamp. I was pretty certain I was going to die once I saw how things were going with... that unfortunate fight. Yeah, well, something about you and about uh, that device you didn't quite manage to steal. I'll just punch him on the arm a little bit. <laughs> he, he laughs at that and says, right, well, ah, oh, um, one last thing, Ozzy, that device, did you leave it or did you, have you taken it with you? It's with me because it didn't work on earth so i figured it wouldn't work here and that's safer tricky thing about that device is it works like a recursion key for earth that's something i may have left out when i was having my interrogations uh it activates the inopportune gate that is true but it also works as a recursion key meaning you will want to keep this very secret ozzy he leans in Meaning you could technically use that device to enter the estate next time you translate, which is very dangerous. The estate has protections to ensure that that can't happen. So it's a good thing to have. Ace up your sleeve. So take good care of it. And don't let anybody else have it. What's an ace? Ah, <laughs> This is going to be a great culture shock for you, but go enjoy yourself. And for God's sake, please go have the Chinese food uh, and get used to bug meat. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And with that, he says, I bid you all farewell and wish you all the best of luck in saving your entire world. See you around. Probably. Thanks. Let's be honest. Probably. And he pats you on the shoulder, uh, Zach, and he goes, lighten up a little, eh? And <laughs> moves past no. you. <laughs> no. <laughs> he steps into a crowd with a smile on his face. And as he does that, Zach, you see the damnedest thing. He smiles at you. He takes his pointer finger and he traces it over the top of his lip. And as it does, you see this mustache grow over the top of his face and his hair color begin to change. And then he pulls a hoodie up and walks into the crowd and vanishes Jason Bourne style right in front of you. Just kind of moves into the crowd. All right. That was cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, Wow. Okay, uh, you have that radio thing? Do you have that? Who took that? I only took the money. Oh, I'll take the radio then. I'll have the radio. Okay. My plan was to find the most official looking individual here and ask them how I would go about joining Star Force. Um, that sounds like a process with more bureaucracy than we have time for. My thought was impersonating already being in Star Force. Eh? We don't know anything about Star Force. <laughs> there, it's easy. Uh, is there like a computer somewhere on the wall here? Mm -hmm. I go over to the computer. Okay, move over to the computer. It looks like a glossy, very slick, futuristic wall unit. This looks advanced as F to you, Clover. As you move over to it, the way the wall is set up, it looks like it is just pure black glass that blends seamlessly with this beautiful blue steel that's built into the wall. Um, it looks advanced in a way that maybe old school Satie tech looks advanced as you move over to it. And as you approach it, it goes, it comes to life because you see a directory appear as soon as you move up to it. It says uh, help. It says map. It gives you like a listed directory. Um, and it says ask me a question. Those kinds of things, all listed right in front of you. Oh, ask me a question. I turn and look back at the two, and uh, it's, um, tell me all about Star Force. You just see this thing pop up immediately. You see what looks like a naval base built on the surface of the moon. And you see coming into existence battleships. And I mean Galactica-sized battleships. You see entire navies of uh, space fighters. Looks squadrons after squadrons. You see the uniforms. You see all of this. Uh, you see all of this stuff representing Star Force fleet. And something called the Interplanetary Space Treaty. And the enforcement of Star. As it all starts popping up, you hear this voice saying... Star Force was established and it starts giving you this entire history of its current admiral and the people that are currently keeping the entire solar system from falling apart. It is a military that is, it was, it was essentially supposed to function as a protective military to protect the people of the rebel from piracy and other illegal activities, but also defend the solar system from possible extraterrestrial um, threats. However, 
Star Force is currently, according to the news cycles that you read, the Admiral of Star Force has been uh, Admiral. Her name is Admiral Brooke Vale, and she has currently been put in the very uncomfortable position of having to be the military that is keeping humanity from falling into chaos, which means Star Force is entering into that very dangerous place of having to function as a solar police force. You see that Admiral Brooke Vale is gone on a couple of interviews. You see those popping up too. What strikes you about this though, Clover, as you're watching this, is how she is constantly talking about how that is not appropriate and that a government needs to be established as quickly as possible. There is a lot of debate over who gets to run that government. And now you're starting to see, as this is all forming in front of you, the situation here in the Revel. There are planets out here that think they should form the New Earth government. There are entire factions that think Luna 1 should be the home of humanity now. There are people that are like, no, the food is grown out here, so this should be the home. There is all kinds of debate. It's been like this for five years now, apparently. Which means you guys, you're starting to realize as you're reading up more and more in Star Force Fleet, this is a powder keg situation. You're seeing instances of skirmishes that have happened, um, fighter pilot aces that are based out of certain of the Star Force battleships and carrier groups that are having to take station off of Jupiter because of things that are happening with some of the richest and wealthiest people who are maybe becoming something of warlords, people that are making big political plays to try to become sovereign and control the flow of governments. Uh, there's a couple of cities and spaces that are incredibly powerful and influential where a lot of humans are currently living. It's a lot as you take it all in. As complicated as you think you have it in Gravak, you are starting to see that this place, this place is a powder keg. You are sitting in a very dramatic and dangerous recursion right now, apparently. Clover, can I ask you to look up two things for me? Sure. One, I need you to look up Theta. Okay. What's the second thing? The most wanted criminal on Luna 1. Okay. Um, I would like to save that page, the Star Force page. Okay, you bookmark that, easy enough. Okay. And then I'll open up a new something and type in, or actually just say, tell me about Theta. Please specify. Oh, Rogue AI Theta. I'm sorry, I don't have information on a rogue AI named Theta. Okay, I guess it's like a secret thing. Um, what was the other one? Most dangerous criminal on Luna One? One of criminals on Luna One. I've only uh, been here five minutes. <laughs> Most wanted criminals on Luna One. There are none. Oh. When you oh. when you enter that information in, what you get back is an Examander has a one hundred percent capture rate for criminals here on Luna One. Oh. Dear. Um 100%. They are processed through the judicial systems. And curiously enough, what you note is there is only a very small prison complex here on Luna One. It looks like everyone who is captured and prosecuted is entered into rehabilitation and is put on public works. What you see is that punishment here on Luna One equates to civic duty. Hmm. Everyone is basically put to work. This 
from what you read, has a lot to do with the fact that Luna One has been cut off from Earth. And it's starting to occur to you that there might be something of a survival situation that's kind of slowly brewing here. Luna One was not meant to live without the existence of Earth, where most of the food for the rest of the solar system came from. So what you're getting from this is that uh, resources out here are being well-regulated. Everything is being processed in a way to keep things manageable. You get the idea that this Anaximander AI is probably juggling more than just the piece. Okay. Well, That's yeah. All I, that's all I needed to know. What? Okay, tell me what you're thinking, Zach, because we also could just talk to an Aximander. I was going to get an Aximander to come here. To come here? Yes. Okay. I'll uh, be right back. Wait, wait, Zach. <laughs> Hold on. Yes. Um, I'm sensing some type of uh, trickery or something. We might not need to. We, we might just be able to say, hey, Anaximander, uh, we just translated over here because Anaximander knows like about this stuff. We need a priority meeting, you know, that stuff. Can you ask the computer if an, if you could summon Anaximander? Yeah. Uh, and I turn back to the computer and I say, contact Anaximander. If you would like to contact the office of Anaximander, we recommend you head towards, you see this map grow, just pop right in front of you, Tranquility Tower. Okay, how far is that? Tranquility Tower can be found and it immediately shows this uh, three-dimensional map pops up in front of you. You see your location, you see all of these domes that are built out in a, like a, like a splash format across the surface of the moon. And in the center, rising above the domes, you see what looks like rising about 2,000 feet or roughly 600 kilometers straight up from the surface of the moon is a single tower that overlooks the entire surface of the moon. Okay, something quicker. Um, I'll be send... right back. Oh my God, okay, whatever. Send, <laughs> send message to Anaximander. Does it reply? What would you like to send? Okay. Visiting Luna One sent from Manners and the estate. Priority meeting, please. Your message has been logged. You are number 466,932,536,212 in line. We dropped the names. Priority meeting. Come on. Would you like to send another message? <laughs> All right, let's just do Zach's plan. So Zach has already left the apartment. Yeah. I'm All, right, gonna... All right, we'll do Zach. Yeah. The door is still open. Yeah, I'll go to the door at least. Um, <laughs> okay. Ozzy, are you coming? Yep. Oh, Zach's never been in a city. Uh-huh. This is yeah. going to go well. Yeah. Zach probably needs us as backup for once. Like, for real. So I'm looking for the biggest, I, toughest looking dude. <laughs> I loop arms with Clover. Okay. You're like go. a king on, on a new ship. You're like, who's the biggest dude I need to talk to? Who do I need to smack down? All right. Um, 
the three of you exiting, well, Zach is well ahead, but the two of you exiting out into the corridor find yourselves walking into this great tunnel that is built with metal interiors, but is also porous and built with rock. And you guys see, do see Zach up ahead. He's easy to spot. You can spot him because he's still carrying a lot of the equipment that he still has. It, it occurs to you, too, Zach has weapons on him, and you were told weapons are not allowed on Luna 1 as y'all are moving through the crowd. Oh, uh, I have weapons. Zach is up ahead. Um, as you guys push into the crowd, you see, Zach, you reach the edge of the corridor looking for someone big or authoritative or somebody who looks like they're in a uniform. Instead, what you do is you reach the main concourse, and in front of you, you see a dome that expands outward uh, probably a quarter of a mile in size and the entire ceiling is these thick heavy glassed windows with what looks like reinforced octagons holding everything into place this great dome looks right out into the solar system and you can see the stars overhead as well as ships coming and going blinking lights you see a great one of the great uh it looks like a, a frigate you you don't know what it is, but it's essentially a frigate of Star Force drifting lazily overhead with a fighter squadron flying up behind it. A bunch of transports coming and going, landing and taking off from the surface of the moon. You can hear distant echoing voices of Transport 2 is now leaving Docking Bay 550. And you hear conversations all about you as music is playing. People are calling out, uh, trying to sell food that they've got. Synthetic meat, the best you've ever had, is they're calling out as you're moving past them. Um, off in the distance, though, no one reacting to this great swirling dark circle that lingers like a giant marble in the distance. It takes you a moment because you've never seen anything like this before you realize that what you're looking at must be what's remains of earth. It looks like a great blackened cloud that is just swirling angrily in the distance with flashes of electrical storms so large that they can be seen from the surface of Luna. People bump into your shoulder and it takes you a second to sort of snap out of it and you find yourself standing side by side with Ozzy and, and Clover and the three of you just stare out the, this living apocalypse that's in front of you and standing there silently gazing out over this great city landscape of people that have built an entire civilization here on the surface of the moon under this great glass dome as things fly past you, robots hovering through the air, uh, delivering mail and messages, uh, AI that is just moving throughout People having some arguments. You see old people playing chess with these holographic pieces at a table. An entirely new reality in front of you. And that is where we are going to leave tonight. Here Yay! under the dome of Luna One and the Revel. It's been some time. Welcome back, Sam, to the Revel. Yeah, <laughs> Sam's played this. Sam played this with us once before, uh, like two, <laughs> two and a half, no, three years ago on Sword and Scroll. So. Um, mm. that is back. going to, yeah, that's going to, when we pick finish. up next week, it's going to be getting a ride back to Silver Creek along the Vortex <laughs> run, which is lousy with aquatic predators and weather and everything else. It's going to be good. <laughs> Sorry for splitting the party, uh, dimensionally. 
No, I am having so much fun. Bragging rights. I get to say that nobody, I don't know anyone who's had a party split that has crossed dimensions. I mean, D&D is right for it because of Planescape, but here we go. Y'all have literally jumped into different realities. So um, that's going to wrap us up. Different games. Yeah. So that is going to wrap us out for tonight. You folks, you kind people who are tuning in. um, Thank you, Ox Crew, for another lovely evening with your company and for the support for Stream Punks and letting us throw story points around. Uh, don't forget tomorrow night, Tuesday night, over on the Stream Punks Discord for the supporters over there, uh, companion level and higher. There's going to be Star Trek Adventures. Holy crap. Stream Punks <laughs> is playing Star Trek Adventures tomorrow night. Ah! Um, so <laughs> I feel so good you guys, uh, Noir also, is running for those Noir's... subscribers. Keep mm-hmm. an eye out. Uh, we're going to try to get you a little bit of a recap because it's, as they say, been a while. It's been a hot Been minute. a while. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's going to do it for us, though, tonight, you folks. Uh, we'll see you next week, 66 million years from now and 2,000 years from now or wherever the hell the revel takes place. See you then. As we wrap up today's thrilling recording on Predation, remember that you can catch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST. Explore a diverse podcast library. From the $2 creature feature to pest control and beyond. Dive into our rich archive, featuring everything from the eerie mysteries of ghosts and werewolves to the epic adventures of Star Trek and superheroes. Your continued support fuels Althaven's journey, so please consider supporting us on Ko-Fi to help create more shows like this. Join our lively Discord community to stay updated on upcoming Haven events. Until next time, keep exploring, keep listening, and keep the Haven spirit alive. Thank you for being a cherished part of Altaven.